Hey, y'all, this is Randall King, and you're listening to Tailgate Country. What's going on, Randall King? What's up, y'all? How you doing? Good. How are We're you? Good. Just, I'm doing good. You got the wrong shirt on, though, man. I know. I so I don't have one of yours yet. So I filled in with the with the Red Raider hat for you. There hopefully, you go. Hopefully, that, hopefully that'll go. be enough. <laughs> so Hell how was go. uh how was your meeting with the operators? It's great, man. It's great. We got a uh, got a lot done. Got a lot accomplished, uh, knocked out a whole lot of things, man. So we've, we're rocking and rolling, ready to go. So awesome. I, I have to know, like, what's going through your mind, right? Like, you excited? Obviously, you're excited. You're, you're oper- so we're recording this one day before your uh, Grand Hopper debut, which is huge. Congratulations. Um, this Thanks. will come out well after. But what are you feeling right now? Honestly, I'm feeling a lot, man. Uh, for me, it's there's a lot of stress been involved over, over all this, you know, trying to get family and making sure that they got what they need and tickets and guest list and all the, all the things that come with it. And then making sure you, you know, you get to see your family. So today uh, I actually get a little bit of a break, man, two third, like two thirty to three thirty. I got all my family coming over to my place uh, and we're going to go, we're just going to sit there and shoot it, talk it and catch up. So that'll be not, that'll be a nice break from the grind of everything. And uh, as far as the opera goes, man, uh, you know, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to wake up, make sure I got plenty of sleep, plenty of rest. And then right around three o'clock, we want to get on it all the way to seven. I'm going to be busy. And, I, you know, once you get to the stage, that's just the, that's the cake, man. Like you get to finally just take it in and, and embrace it. So it's just a matter of just, you know, getting there. It's a matter of getting there. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, I kind of want to back up because I just wanted your initial thoughts, feelings, uh, you know, we're super excited for you, but you know, who is Randall King? You know, how did you get started in music? Who were some of your early influences and how did you get to be, you know, preparing for your Crandall Opera debut? You know, uh, I'm just a, I'm son of a trucker, man. I got my, my daddy and my grandpa, my great grandpa, they were all Hey, haulers, truckers. I grew up in the passenger seat with daddy. Grew up pitching bales, stacking loads. Uh, for me, music's always what I wanted to do. Uh, my father was really good about building dreams with his kids. And uh, being in that passenger seat, we talked about what I was going to do when I grew up. He said, what do you want to do? What do you, you want to be? What do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, daddy, don't take any offense to this, but I don't, I don't want to be a truck driver. He goes, well, hell, son, I don't want to be a truck driver. I said, all right. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to play music. I want to be a country singer. I want to, I want to, I want to play in front of big crowds and write and sing. And we sat down, and he helped me write goals when I was a kid. One of those goals was to eventually play the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, so I think he still got the notebook somewhere, but I was probably about maybe nine years old when I wrote that down. And uh, here we are several years later, finally getting to make a dream come true. So I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of emotions on that, on, on that stage. 
You know, I got to go through and and take a tour of the opera beforehand and they showed me the circle. And I made sure not to stand in that circle because I don't want to stand there until it was my time to play. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, you always knew that you wanted to be an artist. Like, was that something always. that came naturally to you? Was like family music, musically inclined or that was yeah. just, how did that come about? <laughs> well, uh, I didn't get it from my day. <laughs> I can't sing. Uh, you know, my mom had a, she had a really great singing voice. She, uh, she wore it out yelling at us kids. But for me, uh, it really, it really stemmed from my, my great grandmother on my dad's side. She wrote poetry. She was a poet. So she passed that on to a, a lot of us. And then on, on my great grandma on my mama's side, she sang and played piano. So I think, I think that's where my, where my talents come from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything else is, you know, you're, you're blessed with a gift, but it's a matter of sitting there and really hammering out the gift and, and, and working at your craft every day. And that work ethic comes from my father, no doubt. Uh, but this is all I've ever wanted to do. This is everything that, uh, everything I put my time and energy to and put my focus on. And I've, we've been working on a long time to be where we're at. We're very blessed to be here. So growing up, who were some artists that influenced you? Uh-huh. Uh, Keith Whitley. That's number one. George Strait, obviously. Uh, Alan Jackson, but yeah, Keith Whitley's, Keith Whitley's number one, baby. That's uh, nice, man. You can't top that voice. No. <laughs> um, can you kind of explain the West Texas culture of music? I know there's tons of prominent artists from there, like Pat Green, Wade Bowen, Josh Abbott. Um, yeah. I guess how do they make that music scene so strong? Uh, dude, I guess there's just something in the flatlands and the water out there, you know. Uh. It stems all the way back to Buddy Holly. He was the first real, real name to come out of Lubbock. Uh, and for me, you know, I'm from, I'm from three different towns. I'm from Hereford, Texas. That's uh, where I spent thir- my first 13 years. Then I graduated out of Amarillo, Texas. And, uh, and then I spent 12 years in Lubbock. Went to school uh, between Texas Tech and South Plains College right outside there. And I cut my teeth in, uh, in the dive bars and the honky-tonks there in Lubbock. One specifically, the Blue Light, which put out countless names and the blue light mm-hmm. i give a lot of credit right there to them because they really built a uh, a dedication to the artists and the songwriters and, and focused on helping them get their start and building them instead of just going after the big names always you know, they gave they give shots to the little guys we'd start out playing like a tuesday full band to if you could get the college crowd in there you know 50 to 100 people you had a really good night and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they just you know there's something about Something about the culture down there. It was never competition. It was always about elevating each other, making each other better, sharpening each other. And if you look at the Bible, uh, with with how we should be as humans, is iron sharpens iron, and that's kind of really how the songwriting and the artistry down there in, in West Texas works. It's just all about helping each other out and lifting each other up, making each other better. That's awesome. Um, and. You mentioned the blue light. Are there any other places around there to play or some of your favorites that you played? Yeah, there's a, we, we played in a lot of places down there. I wouldn't recommend all of them, but uh, <laughs> blue light definitely home. There's the golden light in Amarillo, which, which came through with a lot of, a lot of young artists, the hoots out of Amarillo. Uh, and not really, I think there's like the, the bingo hall in Hereford. And I don't think that that was really a place that. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't sound like a great place to play. No. 
<laughs> Ever didn't have any any places like that, but uh, you know, for, for West Texas, you know, Blue Lights, Blue Lights, the go to. That's that's places a legendary venue. It's, his name's getting up there with with legendary places like Green Hall uh, down there near Braunfels and, and uh, places like that. It's it's one like venue of the year and things like that. So, and along the same lines of legendary venues in Texas, uh, you played Billy Bob's a number of times. Uh, I've been there for a couple of sold out shows. And so can you take us through like the first time that you were about to play that as well? Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? Yeah, man. Billy Bob's is one of those. I mean, uh, growing up watching Irving Cowboy, Billy Bob's is about the closest thing you get to Gillies. You know, Gilly, I think Gillies burned down the one that was in Pasadena and they still got a Gillies Dallas. It's still open, but right now, over the last, 25 30 years billy bob's was was the household name for uh you know it's the largest honky-tonk in the country and uh it's just it's a place to play man and so it's you walk in there you walk in the back and there's names all over the wall that have, that on the on the premiere the premiere get put on the wall back there so you walk in the green room you see all that and like you make that a goal you know and you make uh playing that that big main stage a goal and we've gotten to we got into accomplishment. The first time I played Billy Bob's was, was special. I had all my family there. And then it took about two more times. Then we finally made the wall. The next goal is the they do the handprints and the concrete mm-hmm. on the concrete. And they keep it out there for everyone to see. So that's that's the next goal. But we always working for it. And Hunter is currently in Nashville. Um, I just moved out of Fort Worth. So we are going back and forth a little bit. You know, how does the experience of Billy Bob's stack up to the experience of the Opry? And I'm sure there's people on here whose skin is just crawling because I mentioned him in the same name, you know, from someone who's about to do both, you know, how do they kind of stack up personally? Mm, Very differently. Very differently. Billy Bob's, there's an energy of of rowdiness that, you know, is like, it's beer slinging. It, it's it's more. It's a honky tonk, right? So it's yeah. different energy in the sense of like you're going out, you're playing full band, you get to go keep the door wide open. This is like, I mean, the Opry. You're talking like dating back to the '50s and '60s, and even further back than that that I didn't even know about until I got to go like take a tour and study on it. But being a Hank Senior fan, you know, my daddy was a big Hank Senior fan. We listened to Hank Senior all the time. So there's, I mean, there's stories and stories of the Opry that you grew up listening to that, that there's just an enrichment of, of status and culture. And it's, it's legendary, man, you know, from mm-hmm. Minnie Pearl to little Jimmy Dickens, uh, I mean, Patsy Cline and the, the hell they say that, uh, the spirit of Hank still haunts the Opry at times, you know? So it's like, it's just a different vibe, different energy. And to be able to stand where so many, so many legends have stood, I mean, dude, I can't wait to feel that energy. That's yeah. like that. That's that's a that's a different status here. Definitely, yeah. Um, so in 2019, you signed a record deal with Warner. Um, what was that day like? It was a special day, man. Uh, you know, the deal had been in the works for a while. They'd been coming out to shows and we've been in long, long, long contract talks. You know, it's, it's, it takes a while to get everything locked in. And then once you finally get to sign that dotted line and send it off, like it's a, it's a really special day. And I'm pretty sure uh, we celebrated 
Yeah. We were playing it. We were actually playing in Fort Worth. We were playing uh, down there around West 7th. Uh, I think it was called Lola's, a little outdoor stage. And we saw, it was, I think, September of 19. And we started dropping singles with them that fall. And uh, we were gearing up. And then COVID hit. And we kind of had to, like, push everything back a year, you know, just like the rest of the world. And uh, we're finally, we finally got it. We, we got it rocking. Got got the momentum. We got everything going. So we're we're gonna keep kicking the doors down with them. I'm excited yeah. to be with such a great. Yeah, of course. And um, was it an easy choice to go with them over you know potentially staying an independent artist? Um, oh, when it comes to being independent, yeah, no, that's like that's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. Being independent, great. You can do a lot with it. There's a lot of freedoms with it. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to be a household name worldwide, which is what we're aiming for, it takes the power of the big machine, man. You know, uh, of course, yeah. Especially in the country industry, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you can, you can sell out venues across the country, but my goal is stadiums. I want stadiums. I want to be worldwide, and it. Uh, so give me the best shot I can get, and that's what signing with a, a great label like Warner, who lets me be me. There's a lot of freedom in what I do still. Uh, they don't tell me who I am or who, what to cut, how to cut it, what kind of music. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's me. It's me. Awesome. Be the artist. So that's that for me. It was a no-brainer. We're going with Warner versus being independent. Cool. And you have eighty million career stream, probably more than that by now. You know, have you really <laughs> had a chance to kind of sit back and let that sink in? You know, especially with where you're at in your career, you know, you're still young. That's faster than yeah. a lot of people get. You know, I think, uh, I think you have to sit back and embrace the ride and know where you're at. And it's hard to, it's when you're constantly looking forward and it's, it's hard to really sit there sometimes and go, okay, this is everything I got going for me right now. Cause it, you can, it's, it's easy to get discouraged on the road and get, get wore out and things like that. So you do have to step back and go, all right, perspective. And they keep hitting it on the head. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta embrace the ride. It's not all about sticking your nose in the grindstone. You gotta embrace it. So <laughs> I do. do you think that there's like a specific release or song that you attribute to your success or like that was the game changer that you saw a lot of growth in like your fan base or anything? It's weird, man. I'd say there's there's three songs that that did that for me, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all at different times and different albums. Uh, Another bullet was really the one that that kick started my career. That song got me my got me management, which okay. they're the best in the business. I, you know, there's great managers out there, but there ain't nobody works as hard as my guys, man. Scott Gunner and Howie Edelman, they put me in great positions over there at Durango. Uh, love those guys. Another bullet got me them, and it kind of it got my name on the map in the sense of being able to go out and establish yourself. It, it kickstarted the brand, and uh, then it was Mirror Mirror for me, which was right. It was I think second single off my self-titled record, which is self-produced and independently owned. Uh, that song, that song created our fan base. That uh, people would come. They were selling. We were, you know, we, we still sell out shows doing doing that song. You know, that's we that, that kickstarted everything for us. Uh, 
people sit around waiting on it. And as soon as you kick into it, they know it. They start screaming it back. And it's, that song's been a staple for me for uh, the last four years. And honestly, before we even put it out, we were playing it, uh, which would have been 2017. We were playing that song and people were singing it back before it was even recorded. That's, that's one of those songs I knew was going to be yeah. massive for us. That's got to be a cool moment. Yeah. Like before you even release it, people knowing the word, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, when <laughs> out, we take brand new songs and we just got demoed and we go play them live. And just to see how they're going to connect with people. They, if you, yeah. once you look and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah cut that song for sure. But the third would be Hey Cowgirl. Hey Cowgirl was like the next step that took us, that uh, it took us to the next level. Yeah. Hey, Girl, hey Cowgirl actually came out. I saw you a couple of years ago in beginning of 2020, before everything shut down. And it came out the day that you released it. And I remember thinking, like, this one's going to be big. And it, and it, and it has been. So, yeah talk about yeah talk about dominating airways man down especially uh 95.9 the ranch forward jeez oh man that's that that was like every third song i was not complaining at all um but let's let's go ahead and talk about an upcoming project really excited for it you've released three singles off it so far you got record high you got baby do you got you and a honky tonk um all of which by the way are at least six hundred thousand streams on spotify so uh yeah need to say this is gonna be a pretty big release um, can you give us kind of a preview of what to expect from this upcoming record? Yeah, man, this, uh, so this record, we titled it shot glass. <clears throat> this record is, uh, it's a reflection of where I've been over the last four years as a songwriter, as an artist, uh, my growth as, as a man and a, and a songwriter and an artist, uh, it's, it's been four years since the self-titled release and we've done some different songs different things you know again hey cowgirl was uh off three singles that we dropped out as soon as they got signed um and then there's two songs that are off uh, an ep i named it for my sister vienna that we dropped in the fall of 2020 which was my first project with warner um so this 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 album the concept with shot glass the song itself is is somebody sitting at a bar and take a shot and they're hit with core memories things that they've forgotten things that make them who they are that they don't that they might have that they might have just forgotten and just needed to be reminded of and uh they're sitting there and they look at the empty shot glass and they go how did all that fit into a shot glass those are those are lyrics straight straight out of shot glass <clears throat> so we took that concept and i went this record is the 10 other songs that are with, with shot glass, they all reflect back into that song. And you, when you go front end of this record to the back end, you get done, you're going to go, how did all that fit into a shot glass? That's an elevator. Wow, I was I'm just going to let that sit for a second. Yeah. That was a great elevator pitch on it. That's so cool. <laughs> so, you know, how, how is the, the, the three releases so far, have they exceeded expectations? Have they met expectations? Has it gotten you more excited for shot class to come out? Yeah. You know, we just had a, we just had record high hit big number one back in, back in Texas. We've had uh, the other two songs have really been catching fire. I mean, people we've been playing baby do for, I think since 2019, it was, it was one of those that we took out as a demo 
started playing it out live and it was hitting and it was hitting hard. We were people, people singing it back without even knowing the words, uh, without it being out. So I knew it was going to be a great summertime song. Uh, it was one that I fought for. <clears throat> Literally everybody on my team was not for it. My producer, my manager, my label, they were like, yeah, we don't, we don't know about that one. I was like, baby do like, no, baby do goes like that's, it's getting cut. Uh, we don't know, man. We don't know if it's gonna hit. I was like, all right, well, come, come to, come to my next show. Come to my next show. Come watch, and we'll show you. Like, see it for yourself. It hits, and sure, sure enough, man. Every time, every time we went in it, the crowd was losing it. They'd sing it, and uh, it became a staple for us. And having it out now, it's streaming great. It'll be on the record. It's one of my favorites. You know, honky tonk is a smoke every time we play it. It seems like every time we play one of these songs off the off shot glass, because we've been pulling them out loud, just trying it out, they all hit every single one of them. And we've never gotten a bad reaction or like, you know, sometimes with the crowd, they're like, yay, yeah, yeah. And go back talking or something like, no, they're focused on it. Singing, some people singing it out before it's even out. So it's like, you know, it's good. Yeah. So on this album, did you uh, were you a writer on all the songs or were any of them outside cuts? Uh, all songs, but four of them. The title itself, I didn't write. That's Tony Lane and Brett James. They wrote nice. that. Um, I'll fly away. Closes out the closes out shot glass. I didn't write that. Um, it's my version of it. It's a version that I sang my sister home to Jesus too. Um. Record I did not write. Uh, it was Drake, Drake Mulligan, uh, John Pierce, and Rodney Clawson, I believe. And then you and a honky tonk was uh, Matt Rogers. Oh, I think Ben Stennis. Forgive me. I'm trying to remember all the names on it. No, you're fine. <laughs> those, those are the ones I didn't write. We're gonna we're cool. gonna tell them all. We're gonna find them all. And yeah. Like, hey, yeah. forgot you. Yeah. He <laughs> forgot. He don't remember. So on the the songs that you did write, um, what's your writing process like when you go into? Are they co-writes or um, written by yourself? Yeah, everything everything on this record is uh, is a co-write. Um, and the process is just is different for every song. There's some that you're inspired with just moments in life. Um, I get inspired driving a lot. So when I'm driving, my brain starts clicking, my wheels turn. And I that's when I come up with a lot of my ideas. Um, and in fact, there's several songs I've recorded that I wrote the whole song while I'm driving down the road. Um, but, you know, the process is different. It, it, it depends on who you're writing with, too. They got to be on the same page as you. You get in the room, you're vibing off, vibing off each other's energy and, um, you know, creating the idea, creating a song. So it just depends on the day. And uh, fortunately, all the songs on this record, it was a good day. And how would you compare it to your older work? You know, you, you did a really good job summarizing what to expect. And, you know, but how does the process of putting it together and the process of coming up with these songs compare to, you, you know, Another Bullet back in 2016? Well, Another Bullet was completely, that was all self-written. Uh, all five songs were me. Uh, and that was, again, you know, a lot of those I wrote going down the highway. 
in my in my truck just by myself. I ain't waiting on you. I wrote in college. I was going back and forth from Lubbock to, to Leveland there at South Plains. I wrote it in the 30 minute drive. Uh, when I got there, I wrote it all down because I had it in my head and I wrote it all down, put it, put pen to paper. I don't know how I did it, but uh, smoking cigarettes. I wrote from Lubbock to Amarillo down I-27. I think I was headed home to see my dad. Uh, and I wrote smoking cigarettes, which is pretty fitting because it's, that's hundred percent his attitude. Uh, and then another bullet was a process that was spanned at that. That song was over a six month span. I just sat there when I was on radio tour throughout Texas. Uh, I pretty much had the song written, but I was going back and doing the rewrites on it, right? Making sure that there was no loopholes, making sure everything was clear as day. Was there any lines that could be cooler than what they are? You know, uh, I took, and I, now I take that approach on everything. I always turn a song over and over in my head uh, before I put it out. And uh, so, yeah, this, that EP is a, a very different process. It was a very young version of myself learning how to write uh, and learning how to be a songwriter. So they're pretty, they're pretty young writing, but it, totally different process. It's, it's so cool, though, because I got to see you open for Cody Johnson in Columbus, Ohio. This was probably four <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, uh, the, the Blue, Blue Stone. Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I didn't know who you were and, you know, getting to hear you open for that him and basically find a new artist that's become one of my favorites is probably the coolest thing. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, and thank I, you. I appreciate yeah, that. That show's cool. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see how, you know, you've grown and with your new album coming out. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, the show's, uh, you know, the show, the show itself always changes because we're always doing things to improve and find ways to tighten the tighten the groove and yeah. change it up just to do something. Because, you know, hell, you get bored sometimes playing the exact same song over and over and over, even if it is a new venue, a new crowd. Like, uh, even if they're hearing it for the first time, like it, you get bored playing the same thing. So we change the setup all the time. Uh, we, change, uh, we change parts and songs just to – do something different maybe a little bit more creative there's songs that aren't even played the same way as the record anymore mm-hmm. uh, just because you gotta you gotta keep yourself entertained too yeah you gotta have more fun with it yeah and it always works because the crowd's like oh that was cool didn't expect that well, exactly we don't want you to expect anything you shouldn't be able to predict what we're about to do mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like watching a movie you don't want to know what the movie's about to do come on right <laughs> Yeah, he texted not me. Wrong. He texted me from the crowd and was like, "Hey," and he let he let me on to you know Randall King. I was like, "Oh, cool, yeah." And uh, you know, here we are. That worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there any song that has not been released yet from the upcoming record that you're especially excited for? Mm. Yes, there's one called Roger Miller Light. I wrote that with my buddy Brandon Kenny that I wrote Keeper on the Line with and Baby Do. Uh, I think that, that song is just so much fun, man. It's a, That song is a blast. Uh, there's, I think there's a total of six songs, I believe, that are going to be brand new to people. Now, if, like a lot of my super fans that have gone through the depths of YouTube trying to hear new music, uh, 
from people recording us at live shows. We played a lot of these songs out live. We haven't played, well, we, we hadn't played. We just played Roger Miller Light two nights ago, opening for Clay Walker and Tracy Lawrence. Uh, that was the first time we'd done it. But uh, I think there's, I think, Shot Glass and uh, I think Shot Glass right now is the main one. Oh, and Middle of Nowhere Church. There's the main two songs that we haven't played out that the way that the record does it. So it'll be, there'll be some surprise even for the super fans, which is great. But uh, I'm excited about them all, man. Can't figure how that sounds is the one that's just, it's a song about uh, how hard it is being on the road. And it's a song for your girls back home, man. Like uh, all my guys, they got, they, they got their wives and I've got my girl back home. So it's, it's a song for our girls back home. And uh, it just, it's, it, I think it's a radio single. It's, it hits, it hits hard. I need to peek behind the curtain though with these shows because you just said that you played Roger Miller like the fir- for the first time a couple of shows ago. How many times when you tell a crowd we've never played this live before, are you actually telling the truth? <laughs> I feel like everyone does it and it can't possibly be true every time. I never lied to the crowd. Fair enough. All right. You got, you got me there. That's <laughs> what you see is what you get. If I don't, if I don't believe it, I can't sell it on the stage. So I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't tell the crowd anything that isn't true. Well, you're, it's like still fairly the beginning of 2022 and it's already shaping up to be a good year for you. I mean, like we mentioned, you got Grand Ole Opry debut here tomorrow and then yeah. your album coming out. But what, what does the rest of 2022 look for you? Any like big shows that you're looking big. forward to other than the Opry, obviously? <laughs> huh. There's a lot, man. Uh, we're working on round two of King Fest, which is my first festival. We did that down in Lukenbach last year. And uh, we had Josh Ward, Tristan Merez, and Clay Hollis on that show. And uh, we almost they got really close to selling out. And so we're aiming for uh, – we're aiming to – did I lose y'all? There it is. Um, we're, aiming, we're aiming to sell it out this year. And uh, – it's going to be good. We've changed up the line of and and uh, trying to bring in a little bit of an older act, like a, like a nineties act. Nice. What we're working towards. So we'll see what happens, but I'm looking forward to that either way. And uh, the rest of it, we're just busy. I think we're, we're going to make our way to Florida for the first time. Like uh, late, late summer. Uh, we're going back to the East. We're going back to the uh, West coast, California. We're going to the East coast again. So we're doing a lot. We're doing a lot of things, hitting some places, that we've never been. Michigan's one that uh, that's that's this weekend uh, with Clay and Tracy. So I, we got some cool things coming up. I'm excited about it. But busy, busy, busy. <laughs> Good. Good. Because for the past, you know, besides, uh, you know, the past six months, no one's been busy. It's been, uh, well, we'll see. We'll try to get some shows back yeah. up. Like, it's so great to hear. Yeah, I'm going to be here, going to be here. Yeah. We got this going. It's great. I love that. Yeah, we never did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, that's true. Texas really didn't. In 2020, I had three months off, and uh, you know the third month was definitely a well-needed month. Uh, you know, come March, we were the we were actually the last show across the country to play. We played oh. uh, everything. We played that Saturday, and that's when everybody kind of put a cap on on like all the counties started putting caps on how many people can be in a building, and we had like 
I um, we had six hundred something people in Austin when they put that cap on, and they were already in the room. We were like, "Well, uh, <laughs> can't kick them out." Yeah, they're in the back. Yeah. We turned time. away about two people at the door because it was sold out. So we turned about two hundred people away at the door. Oh man! And then they shut down that Sunday, and then I guess South Texas McAllen area just didn't care. And they had a rodeo playing. We were contracted to play, so we, we had to play. So we play. We played that Monday. We were the last ones to play, and uh, then everything shut down. My sister passed in April. We didn't do anything in May, uh, which was I needed that month really bad. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of dabbled. We played a couple shows in June, uh, like outdoor, outside, spread out type of a show, and then. Come July, the restaurants opened up, right? Oh, yeah. So all the honky tonks opened up. So what we did was we, we treated it like a restaurant. All the honky tonks put mm-hmm. tables and seating and spread everybody apart, six feet apart. You had to wear a mask to get in. You sat down at the table, you could take your mask off to drink a beer. But if you got up from the table, you put your mask back on. So it's it like a whole political game of keeping everybody safe and but we had to work, man. My, my yeah. guys got – they got kids. They got mouths to feed. They, they didn't yeah. get no unemployment. They didn't get any of that. Like, they, they needed to work, and I needed to work, and we found a way to keep people safe and spread some hope back into some people, man. And we had a whole year of just a country living in fear and chaos. Give them some hope. That's what we did. That's what I was going to say. You, you got people like us through – those months like the fact that we had live shows hunter actually shoot flew down to fort worth to come catch a show because there weren't any in ohio at the (laughs) time and we 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 got to see you at billy bob's when they had that table system and you had to sit with your mask on and you know you take it off and drinking a beer which you do the whole damn time anyway but uh yeah no i so yeah those shows were keeping us going just as much as it was keeping your bandmates going financially that's awesome man that's awesome well thank you guys for being there and supporting i appreciate that so before we let you go for the rest of your afternoon, you're super busy. You got some family time coming up. We're going to cut you loose. Can you let everyone listening know once again, just in case you need to know, who are you? Plug this upcoming album, anything you want them to know. Yeah. Uh, my name is Randall King. I like uh, long honky-tonk nights, cold beer, a little whiskey. Just a little whiskey, though. Like, we get on a lot of whiskey, we got trouble. Uh, I like uh, I like country music. If you're a country music fan, go check us out. We've got a new record coming out March 18th, Shot Glass, baby. That's the title of it. It's my first full-length debut album with a label. And they let me be me. No strings attached. It's just all me. 